It's Friday. Welcome to Kingdom Speak. We have a guest in the house, and our host is a year older. Would you look at that? <laughs> Welcome to Kingdom Speak with Pastor Whoa. Daniel McKillop and missionary Whoa. Azar. Got him. That's we don't awesome. have a I've said this numerous times. When we start and he opens his mouth, I never know what's coming out. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor McKill. There it is. That's it. That's it. Yes. Yes. Happy birthday. Survived another year. Yeah, we don't even it. want them to chime in at how old they think we are. Oh, yes, please do. Oh, 32. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, just pick a number. So, Derek, what are you going to say? Not a day older than... Oh, I didn't ask yeah, you, you guys. Yeah, what do you think? You guys always shoot high anyway. Yeah, it's it's really hard to say. <laughs> it's a difficult... Is it difficult? It's a difficult thing to predict. Yeah. He's not going to say. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things you can't win. If I go too low, then people say I'm just no, sucking can, up to you. And you then can win. If I go old, who, then... Okay, so who do you want to win with, me or them? <laughs> if you want to win with me, going low wins. Uh, that's, oh, that's right. That, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, I wanted to point something out. So remember when we talked with Biblos and we talked about... Uh, Pastor Urshan said that we were, or he was, a sedative. Oh yeah, and yes, he put people that to sleep. His yeah. voice was yeah, so he said smooth. It was, he put people to um, sleep. So shortly thereafter, I was actually in Tim Hortons um, in Fredericton one day, and a guy came what up. What is to Tim me. Hortons? Tim Hortons. Is there a Tim Hortons in Lebanon? No, we don't. <laughs> no Tim Hortons. Uh, no Tim Hortons. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. We have McDonald's. McDonald's, okay. Oh, there. See? Oh, there it is. I knew you was going to uh, grab it. Listen, I knew uh, you were. This is going to be you a good... You just set him up for a rant. Do you, drink, do, you, do you drink coffee, McDonald's? I do. Oh, absolutely. I it's do. the best, isn't it? Oh! Yes, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I know. I, I've been trying to get someone on my side for McDonald's coffee and their caramel lattes for years. Yeah. yeah. yeah we may just ones. do this yeah. episode, the two of us. You guys can... Well, I've never had a caramel latte at McDonald's because they never put the caramel in it. <laughs> that might be where it left the oh, rails. Oh, man. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so we're You're in Tim, Tim Hortons. It's a coffee shop. And this guy, uh, there was another gentleman there who I do know, and I was talking to him, and this guy was with this guy. So there's three of us talking, and, and he said, uh, you know, uh, Biblos, I've heard, puts people to sleep, but I just wanted to let you know that Kingdom Speak actually keeps me awake. So he works nights. Oh. And he said, I turn on the Kingdom Speak episodes, and you guys you guys keep me up. So he said, I just want to let you know that you guys are not putting so anyone rob, to sleep. You guys are keeping us up. We rob sleep from so people. we're like the Red Bull of podcasts, I guess. We keep people yeah. up. So anyways, it's good to know. Uh, so on that note, back to the whole point of that, I was reading our reviews, and uh, so many good reviews out there. This one says, Soothing Voice. Oh, I love great. this podcast. <laughs> there was an episode where Brother McKillop said no one had told him they sleep to his voice. And while I love Kingdom Speak, it is also a nightly routine to play it to fall asleep. Oh! <laughs> so they're out there. There we go. They're out there. There we go. I've always wanted to be like Brother Urshan. Yeah, there so it is. So there it is. There it is. And <laughs> that's from is. Reverend Judah. 
on Apple Podcasts. There we will is. say amen to yes. the reverend. Can I get a amen? Can I get a hallelujah? Have we scheduled the arm wrestle yet? No, we haven't. We we're we're actually one. working on doing that in person. We're oh. setting up another well, in person. Uh, how, how about how would we do that digitally? Like, yeah, what, what? I don't know. You know, the, have you ever been in? Uh, here's a here's a time warp for uh, Crystal Palace. Oh my goodness! Remember that name? Yes. And they had the the machine where you can arm wrestle. Yes. You can put the yes. tokens kind of like in. the one that you can punch. Oh yeah. You've seen that yeah, one where you, you can punch just it and arm wrestle this. Tell you how many? Yeah. It's like you just beat a four hundred pound professional athlete in arm wrestle. It's like yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You uh, want another dollar twenty five? What the machine me, doesn't know is I have both hands and my feet on the side of the yeah. machine pulling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Anyways, uh, the last time we talked was following. Mm-hmm. The blast in Beirut. The blast in That's Beirut. That's right. Yes. So Was that three years ago? Yes, sir. Wow. 2020. Uh, 2020. Yes. You were going yes. almost in August. It will be four years. Yes. Hmm. Yep. Wow. Well, it's so, a lot better to have you in the studio. Thank it you. It is. It's an honor. Yes. We're, thank you it for is. having me. It is. We, um, we love missions. FWC and by extension, obviously Kingdom Speak. So mm-hmm. it's true. It's a it's a delight to have you with us this weekend, man. Did we have a weekend? Mm-mm. God was oh, good to us. Was a privilege. Powerful. Thank you for having. Key of me. David. Mm. Mm. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We could we could record those for episodes if you wanted to do two or three today. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long yeah. as we have coffee. As long as we have, yeah. Yeah. So we are joined, for those of you that may not know um, missionary Azar and his family, they are missionaries to the Middle East, um, headquarters, Beirut, uh, Lebanon. I've been there, had the privilege to be there, I believe, twice. 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 Um, Was scheduled to go back this April. We've had to reschedule just because of present conflicts in the region. Right. And we're going to get to talking about some of that. But um, God has really used the Azar family and uh, the country of Beirut to be kind of an open door to the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it would just be good for us to start off our conversation today with you introducing our audience to a little bit more about uh, the background right. of it's the apostolics of Beirut. Right. But um, broader than that, some of the doors that God's opened up and just give them an idea of what God's doing Absolutely. in the Middle East. Absolutely. I would love that. Um, we went, we first, you know, I, I, I grew up in Beirut uh, first 16 years of my life and wow. uh, moved to Europe and then from Europe came to the States and uh, uh, came to the knowledge of the truth in the U.S. And several years later, back in 2012, when we uh, went were, I, w- I went on several mission trips back to Lebanon. I would share the gospel with my brothers and family and friends. And sure. um, and in 2012, we um, felt God calling me to go back and start a church in Beirut. And, um, of course, growing up in, in the Civil War in the 70s and 80s was a, a hmm. big hesitation for me to go there and bring sure. my family. Sure. And uh, I still have some of the memories of the Civil War, and uh, and uh, and so we, I prayed and diligently prayed and said, God, if it's your will for us to go there, I would I would really want to know that 
uh, you would have us covered. Now, mm-hmm. of course, at that time, the war in, in Syria was uh, raging. It was uh, ISIS was had yeah, taken the Arab Spring, right? 2012. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, ISIS has taken about uh, was was growing. They were taking about uh, in Syria and Iraq, and they're trying to get into Lebanon. As a matter of fact, in 2015, I think they broke into Lebanon in one of the villages on the borders. But um, uh, when I was there uh, on the day right before we left, we were taking another mission trip to Egypt when we were in in Beirut. Uh, we we were in downtown Beirut. I, I think we had the picture with you all there. Yes. And, yes, um, I love this story. Yeah, yeah. It was just in fact, if you if you send us the picture, yeah, we could we could put sure. it on the yeah. spot. No, I mean the YouTube, <laughs> not the Spotify. <laughs> you you would you, you'd be surprised how many people come and introduce themselves to me when Spotify I'm around. Listeners? I'm one of your Spotify listeners. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. God bless both of them. Yeah, yeah. amen. But if you give us that picture, we could put yeah. it on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and people could see absolutely uh, what you're that. fixing to tell. Yes. So, so we were in downtown Beirut waiting on the bus, and all of a sudden a brother who was with us stood outside the group and took a picture. And I looked at him and I said, why, why are you taking a picture? He said, well, look, it's raining everywhere, but not where we're, where we're standing. And I looked up, and there was no covering, there was no awning. And I looked down, it was like a circle all around us. Hmm. And this is when the Lord spoke to me to go back to Lebanon, that he has us covered. Ah, that's so awesome and so yeah. I, I called my wife from Lebanon told her we're, we're coming back And uh, so your was, wife was not there she was not there with time. us Okay, we were on a trip and you know what I did with that picture because I knew the nature of Lebanon we always have things going on I took that picture made it a little bit bigger and put it in my office yes. yeah. every time something happens said God you promised <laughs> yes <laughs> absolutely so, and you know God's been faithful we've been in Lebanon in 2013 we went there we started the church from ground zero, and uh, God's been faithful. We've been through so much, but yet he kept us, and the work is continuing and growing. Um, of course, at that time when we went there, there was a lot of refugees in Lebanon that coming from Syria and Iraq uh, into Beirut, and we were able to reach out to a lot of them, um, Kurdish people, Syrian, Iraqis, and different groups. Mm. And they would be in Lebanon for maybe two, three years, and they would immigrate through the United Nations. So Lebanon was at that time uh, a hub for for them to travel from. And uh, we we thank the Lord today. We have we have converts throughout, actually throughout the world. In Australia, we have in Canada, we have in in the U.S. Uh, it was beautiful. We had a, a brother, uh, brother Mac, who was from Sudan, that we won him in Beirut, and mm. uh, an excellent young man. Got the Holy Ghost. Got baptized. And uh, he's helping a, a pastor in uh, England today. Mm. So he spoke to our youth this past Saturday. And oh, wow. that just made my heart so happy. I'm so wow. proud of him. So, um, uh, so that's, uh, that's, Lebanon has really been a great place to connect with people from that whole region. Sure. And um, if you know the nature of Lebanon, now there is, there's about a little over 20 nations around us that speaks Arabic. Leb- and every country has their own dialect. But Lebanon mm-hmm. is unique because uh, it's the only country where the government allows evangelism and it's open for mission. Okay. So you have within your rights to uh, preach the gospel, to uh, tell people about your faith, share mm-hmm. your faith with others. Mm-hmm. And that's with every group. And so, uh, and I thank God for that. Lebanon is very unique in that place. And that's one of the, re- one of the main reasons I believe God put us there so we can reach the entire Middle East from, from Lebanon. Yes, yes. <coughs> hmm. So we thank God for that. Um, and we've, we've uh, by the grace of God, we were able 
uh, later on to break into the Lebanese community. So we've had we've had converts that they are from Lebanon as well. And um, so have you just just uh, number one from being there, and yes. then what you're what you're conversing uh, and referring to right now. There was a lot of fluid turnover because of it being refugees in the initial stages right. of establishing the church. That's true. But now you're you're getting more of a local, right, grounded Lebanese. That's true. Church is that what is that, that is what you're true. saying? Yeah, that, that is true. And we started that in 2016 and 17. Okay. And uh, we thank the Lord. We we also were able to uh, start a school that's uh, licensed by the government. And uh, it's it's the only apostolic school that, <coughs> excuse me, that's in the Middle East, that's uh, uh, certified to teach Lebanese. Okay. And uh, within the school, we also put a, a church there as well. Awesome. Yeah. And so, so this is right in Beirut. That's right in Beirut. So we have two locations, two churches in Beirut. Okay. And uh, of course, we have our headquarters church, and, uh, and then the school, and has a church in it. And from Lebanon, we've been, uh, we thank God that we've been able to uh, to reach out to uh, the entire Middle East. And just this past June, last year, uh, in June, we sent our first missionary mm. from Lebanon mm. to Iraq. Ah. And uh, this morning, actually, I got some messages from him. He Every week he gives me a report of, of and he has been giving Bible studies and, uh, and oh, wow. reaching out to people. So far, we have about eight people. In this last eight months, I say, or so, they've been baptized in Jesus' name. Thank you, hmm. Jesus. Filled with the Holy Ghost. And I thank God that we have a small group that's ca- yes. going up in Iraq. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. So was he was he there as a refugee, got converted, and then, like, is he originally from? Exactly. No, that? he's actually from Syria. Okay. And um, he comes from a Syrianic background. Yep. And uh, came to Lebanon, found us actually online. And um, mm-hmm. uh, we were. Um, he came to my office one day. He wanted. He heard me teach a message about God's calling, mm-hmm. and uh, gave him Bible study. And God opened his eyes for the truth. He got baptized. Got filled with the Holy Ghost. And he just put two feet in. He was. Oh, he was. Wow. And throughout the years, he was with us in Beirut for about five years. Very well discipled, and he he was he would he would help me teach others Bible studies and yes. And he's one of these uh, men that uh, you can tell God has a calling on their lives. And uh, five years, you know, I've, I've taken at that time, we started going to Iraq in 2021. And uh, in 22, almost a year later, I felt that he would be the man to go. And I prayed about it. And he, he came to me and said, Pastor, I feel like God wants me to go there. And, and mm. the amazing thing is the area that he went to, there was a lot of Syrians too. And so he was mm. able to connect with them and uh, reach out to them. And uh, you can see the hand of God of, of uh, raise, pick, choosing people, raising them up and sure. sending them out. Wow. And that's always been our goal and our mission in mm-hmm. Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And um, because the Middle East, to, to evangelize the Middle East, you got to have nationals that speaks the language, that mm-hmm. know the yes. culture, yes. that they're able to integrate with the, yes. with the society. Yes. And so we've just like it happened with me, you know. I'm, I was from Lebanon. As a matter of fact, I didn't plan it, but I found that later it kind of dawned on me that uh, we planted the church in the city where I grew up, and among so I had a lot oh, of friends, a lot amazing. of families, and so that's our vision is to to uh, um, convert disciple, convert uh, nationals, disciple them, and send them out uh, in other places. And um, same thing we did in Egypt. We have we have a church in Egypt today. And the pastor is Egyptian that um, saw the oneness of God and 
Uh, we've taken several trips to Egypt throughout the years, and he was one of the men that that uh, seen the oneness of God and God in Christ, and really adhered to it and uh, got baptized in Jesus' name. Him and his wife, and God's using them greatly. Just yesterday, baptized another person in Egypt, mm. and and it, the beautiful uh, model that we have is that um, he baptized a person from Yemen, who was in Egypt, ah. and now he's working with him to go back to Yemen and train him. <laughs> And so uh, you can see how God is creating this network. That's amazing. Mm. Yeah, we're, we're very excited. And so you do have about to be it. willing to let God. It, it would. It, it's forcing. Yes. You to have more of a regional. Yes. View really than building right. up a local church. That's right. And wow. we didn't. We didn't have that in mind. I was. I was always focused on Beirut, on Lebanon. Uh, we we got licensed by the government and uh, and our school and and we were. Uh, we followed the, the, the prophecy that, that's in, the, in Isaiah 29 and 17. Where I feel like this is what God called us to. The Bible says, is it not yet? And Lebanon shall be a fruitful field, and the field shall be esteemed as a forest. And said, in that day shall the deaf hear the word, and the blind eyes shall see our mm. obscurity and our darkness. Mm. And so we knew that, that God has a church and has, has souls in sure. Lebanon want to save but in the process, in the last 10 years, I can look back and say, God, it's amazing what you've done because it was like Joseph reaching out be, you know, beyond the walls. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and that's what God did. He used Lebanon as a, a, a platform to reach out to other nations. And we're thankful today. We're, we're also, uh, um, and, and that, was not, that wasn't planned. It was just sure. recently sure. we were able to get into Cyprus and... Uh, uh, to, to plant a church in Cyprus, which is an island about 35 minutes in the plane from Lebanon. Uh, and it's amazing. We went there, and also there was a lot of host of Lebanese people who are in Cyprus. And so uh, uh, I'm, I'm, despite everything that's going on in the Middle East, we're still seeing God move and touch people's lives and convert. And we are thankful to be part of God's uh, work Wow, that, that is so amazing. I'd, I'd like to come back to that um, in a moment. You have, you have shared with us in, in times past, sometimes when I'm there, yeah. other times when I've heard you speak, about the unique ways that God reveals himself to people, whether dreams or um, you know, just how, how the revelation of truth comes. Right to them would you could you could you give an example of that absolutely or? absolutely I, I, i've always been just amazed at how god seems to in that area operate uniquely amen, amen. you know if i can if i can mention something when god sent jonah to uh, nineveh mm. he said uh, uh this he, god cared about them he heard their cries and yes uh, what what we've seen in the middle east is that there's a lot of people that they're crying out to God, but yet they don't know him. They believe in God, but they don't, they don't know that mm. who he is, what's his name. Mm. And uh, that all started uh, when we first went there. And my wife had a burden to start the school. We started a school for the refugees. The kids were on the streets. And so we said, you know what, we're going to start a school for these kids. And um, a, a lady came to... Uh, our church, she was she was covered, so we, we could tell she was a Muslim, and she had two kids. She wanted to register register in the school. And while I was filling up her application with my wife, she said, "You know, do you all have a church here?" I said, "Yes." She said, "Can I come?" I said, "Absolutely." 
So she came the next uh, Sunday with her family, and, and while she was in the church, she lifted up her hands and she started crying. And, um, and so after service, we went to talk to her and ask her, you know, was, was this the first? Because I thought for sure she's been in another church before that she has experienced the Holy Ghost. And, mm. and she said, no, this is the first time that I come, I, I go to a Christian church. And they are from uh, uh, northeast Syria. And uh, she said, you know, what happened is that uh, we were we were in, in Syria and uh, ISIS was getting closer to our village and we wanted to escape. We didn't know what to, where to go. And she said, that night I went up on the rooftop and I started crying out to God, help us, help me to, where would I take my children, direct us? And uh, she said that night she went to sleep and uh, she had a dream. And in that dream, she said, at first I had a man from a distance uh, wearing white. She said, I couldn't see his face. His face was like shining. But he, the closer he got to me, the more the more uh, comfort and peace I felt. Mm. And he told her in the dream that I heard your cries. And she said, who are you? She said, I'm Jesus. And I came to you and I'm going to help you. Mm. And, uh, she, she, and she said in the dream, he opened his, his, his hand. And when he opened his hand, she saw he was giving her a fish made of wood. And she said, when I was reaching out <laughs> to so it, awesome. I woke up from the dream. And she said, the next day, her brother came to visit him from Lebanon. And he brought her a gift. And it was exactly that piece of mm. fish mm. that she saw in her dream. And so she told her husband, this is where we need to go. We need <coughs> to go to Lebanon. And when she came to Lebanon, she heard about our school. And she said, when I came to register the kids... I, I thought to come to church, and when I went to church, the uh, same feeling that I felt uh, in the dream, I uh, felt it in the church. Uh, uh, Make the story it's short. That awesome. Well, there. Amen. Mm. So she got baptized. She and her family got that the Holy Ghost, so and awesome. we've seen so many. I had another man from Iraq that that uh, he had a dream. He was, he was from Mosul and uh, uh, came to Lebanon. And when he came to our church, I asked him, "How did you know about us?" He said, "Well, I was in Iraq and I had a dream, and a man wearing white came to me." He said, I was afraid of him. And uh, he said, uh, I asked him, who are you? You know what is amazing? If I could just jump in here. Yeah. Is the amount of times that when, when God showed up to his people. Yeah. He continually has to say, fear not. That's right. Exactly. And, mm -hmm. and I'm noticing this in these last two examples. I saw this in, yeah. in white and I was afraid. That's true. You know, there's there's just something about that moment of revelation exactly that that's is true. so neat that is me. so true fear not that's right and you know same thing when he, he revealed himself throughout different ages in the bible it's just mm. people and mm. so this man you know uh, he asked him who are you he said i'm jesus he said what do you want from me he said i want you to follow me he said follow you where he said go to lebanon go to beirut you'll be told what to do and so the man so can, can i ask you this then yes. from from that cultural background when 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 it says, I am Jesus, what does yeah. that mean to them? Do they still accept him as a prophet? Well, I believe the impact of okay. the dreams, and I believe this is the main reason why God speaks to them, mm -hmm. so many of them in dreams and visions, mm -hmm. is because it's impacting them in such a powerful way. Like this man, he said, I woke up from the dream. I was sweating. I was, uh, it shook me, so I tried to push it away. He said, for a week, I tried to forget about it. Uh -huh. I couldn't. Uh -huh. So it impacted them so powerfully, and they moved from... Uh, believing in him as being a prophet to deity. Wow. Mm. To God, you know, and, and because they know him. And that's something when you know him, it's like, yes. Um, and, and 
make the story short, this man comes, comes to 11, not knowing anybody, got into a hotel that morning, go across the street, there was a coffee shop. Thank God for coffee shop. Oh, yes. <laughs> Amen. 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 He walked there to that coffee shop to get coffee and met a man from our church who works there. He started telling him about the dream. The man was a Muslim that had a dream, was coming to our church. He said, look, I had a dream, and I found this church, and you need to come to us. So he came, got baptized, wow. got filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and so on. We've had people from Saudi Arabia, from Turkey, from different places that has come in, similar to that. And just God speaking to people in the Middle East who cry out to him. I don't think it's just randomly. Sure. I think some right. people who are earnest and, and wanting to know God, I believe God will bypass borders and cultures and come to them to save them. That, that's, a, that's a fascinating thing because we always have this, this discussion when it comes to does everyone have, have the privilege of, of hearing the gospel before they die. Yeah. You know, what if there's not a missionary that's been to their village mm -hmm. or, yeah. or, you know, and in these two examples. That's true. It's, no, I'll tell you where you need to go, which again is full of biblical parallels. Right. Go down to the street straight, go here, go there, right. and I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll send you to the right man. Right, exactly. And you see God working in a network of disciples. Yes. You know, the key is is in the work in, I mean, with everyone, but for us in the Middle East specifically, is that you've got to really uh, yield to the Holy Ghost and, and, and be in prayer and in tune with what God want to do. Um, that's how the, the, the mission work in Iraq opened up. Okay. We, we did not plan on it. We, you know, um, Iraq is a hot place for us as Lebanese to go to. Okay. And, uh, but it was the, the leading of the Holy Ghost. And if I, if I can, I, I, was, I was in Arkansas here on, on a visit for a church when after service a man came to me and gave me uh, Iraqi money. And he told me that, you know, I feel in, in the Lord that to give you that money. He said, I worked there for years. And so I thought, well, I'll use that in the mission in Lebanon. I went put it in a drawer and, and uh, later I went to try to exchange it. Nobody wanted to exchange it. And then a man from Iraq, one of our converts, called me and invited me to go there. So I, I, in prayer, I connected the dots. That God told me that's why I gave you the money. <laughs> yeah. And so one yes. thing after the other <laughs> has led us to uh, to um, to be involved. And out of that money, we we financed several mission trips into hmm. Iraq. And, wow. Uh, I thank God for it. And so you see God working in a in a beautiful network. And uh, ultimately, we've seen God heal a lot of people in the Middle East. We've seen them. Uh, uh, healed him from cancer, I had a man who couldn't move his hand. He came for prayer, and when we prayed for him immediately, he was moving his hand. And God did, does the great things for them because ultimately he wants to save them. Right, right. This is his way of revealing himself exactly. to them. Exactly, Yeah. It's um, because of the fact that uh, mainstream religion has... has relegated confessing the Lord Jesus Christ to the recital of a prayer. Right. I don't think they fully understand the context of the power of confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's right. Absolutely. That's not an ecumenical yeah. statement. Mm -hmm. Right. But when you go to a place like Beirut where someone's coming from a Muslim background to confess that Jesus is Lord. Right. Is not a casual thing. That is not. You, you know what I'm saying? That's it, right. It's so. I mean, it can be done here. Just 
and people not even mean it. Right. And it's just a recital, and they, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Confess on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. But if you're going to do it there, I mean, it, it affects family. It, that's it's, right. It's, it's relationships. It's true. You know? You're, you're actually putting some, in some cases, you're putting your life on the line. Yes. And, and Well, didn't, didn't you <clears throat> tell me uh, that even, because a lot of, a lot of, your religious background is assigned from your birth, right? It's even exactly. it's even printed on your on your, on ID. your documentation. It's true. Hmm. Yes. So to change that is quite a statement. It sure is. Absolutely. And a process. That's right. Absolutely. <clears throat> and because of that, we had like uh, back in 2015 in your church, you all had been a great help to us. Uh, you know, we, we got these uh, apartments on the rooftop. Yes. We changed them. We put studios there, so we leased uh, a par, uh, two floors. Yes. Right now, we have on our uh, above our church where some of these Muslim families that uh, uh, were converted and they couldn't go back to their families, their homes. So we were able to give them a place to live. Right, and that's something that uh, even though that the government allows that, sometimes the families will strongly come Oscar against it. Right, yeah. right, yeah. And so, for a Muslim to convert, they are truly putting their, their lives on the line. Mm -hmm. But once they see, when they, once they have the revelation of Jesus Christ, because mm. um, you know, m most of the Muslims that I know are really sincere. They love God. They just don't know him. And they're trying to serve him. That's, a, that's a statement, isn't it? They love him, but they just don't know. They him. don't know him. Mm -hmm. And they think, if I do these things, I'm serving him. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. but it's just they're not in the truth. Yes. But once they realize that the God, that sincerity of God is in Christ Jesus, and, and they get a revelation of who he is, what he wants them to do, and his character, it's just fascinating uh, to see, to see the, the conversion in their lives. That's amazing. Yeah. And they make they make the best converts. Well, that's <laughs> what I was just gonna say. Yes. You know, we we've said that here. You know, if someone that's that's a <clears throat> I, I learned a new term recently, preaching in uh Scott, Louisiana for Pastor Howell. Huge shout out to them, great family church planners. Amen. First Pentecostal church there in Scott, Louisiana. A very strong uh Catholic culture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I've never heard this term. Uh, they they refer to those that are practicing. We we say practicing and non-practicing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Catholics, right? They call them cradle Catholics. So in other words, I was born this way. Uh, it, so it's not really a belief. Those that really true truly believe. Uh, and practice the Catholic faith. It's it's much the same way. When they convert, right, they make the best yeah. saints, right, because they there's just it's so much a part of their belief. That's true. To be faithful, yeah, you know, it's it's really almost a bit works oriented. Yeah. So when they're liberated from the fact that that's not saving you, but yet they add that to salvation. That there, there's a loyalty there. Absolutely. So you're, you're witnessing that same thing. We are. We are. And you know also a Muslim is coming from a, a holiness background in ah, most cases. Great point. Yes. And uh, so when yes. they see the Christians that they are believe in holiness too. Yes. That that like they're and also that the Muslims believe in one God. 
Yeah. I was just going to go there. To them, you know. To the Godhead. Exactly. Yes. And there's a lot of place. There's a place in the in the Quran that says, you know, that the spirit of God came upon Mary. She was a virgin. And that Christ, that they call him Isa. Isa was born from Mary uh, through the Spirit of God. And so we, there's that connection. There's a common hmm. ground yes, there. That it was God manifested in the flesh. Wow. Saves, it saves some work for you to try it to convince does. people of that That's when right. they already believe it. It's right. so true. <laughs> so true. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, that, and that's an interesting thing. I mean, that, that's one of the deals, whether it be what you're saying from a Muslim background or Jewish background. Right. You right. know, it's very it's very hard for them to adopt mainstream Christianity's mm-hmm. view so of the true. Godhead. That's right. Because it's a fundamental core belief. Absolutely. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is, is one. one. That's right. Is one. Amen. Amen. And these are the two things that we really uh, hit on in our evangelism. Okay. So the idea is holiness and oneness. Oneness. Mainly, we start with holiness, with with oneness, because holiness. When they come to our church, that's what they see. They see it. They see it. Right. But uh, when we meet them on the streets, and we have a weekly street evangelism in Beirut, so our men, brethren, we go down on the streets and we hand out tracts, and that's allowed by law. Right. And we reach out to people, and uh, and and so when you, first thing we we witness to a Muslim is we tell him well two things. The number one is that you know. Uh, we believe like you. We believe in one God. When they yes. ask who is Jesus, then we start explaining to them. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, and that's an eye-opening to them. The second thing that Muslims believe in is prayer. Now, these, these Muslims pray, you know, five times a day. Yes. They believe in prayer, but they believe in it as prayer, as, as a work. Ritual. Rituals. Yes. Yeah. But when we tell them, you know, our God answered prayers, our God heals, can, is there anything I can pray with you about? And this is where the connecting point is. Yeah, we've seen that in the school when, when we have we have mothers and parents come schedule kids in our school. We we tell them, you know, we make sessions. We take them on the side. Is there anything we can pray for you? And we've seen we've seen them cry in the presence of God mm. because something beautiful about Jesus, and that is that <coughs> every time you mention His name, He shows up. Oh yes, <laughs> oh yes, and then. The works of the Holy Ghost, yes. you know, God start ministering to them. We've seen God heal them right then. They would, so they would know that there's something real right. to that. And right. that's always been a, a starting point for us. That's fascinating. Uh, if we could come back to what you were referring to a few moments ago. Uh, I've heard you say it a number of times this weekend Yes, in, in conversation. You said it here again a moment ago. There's always something going on in Beirut. That's right. All right. Or in Lebanon. That's right. So, I mean, since our connection. Right. Um, in what was that? 17, 17. I think around 2017. Right. So there's been a major economic crash. Crash. There's right. been this this huge explosion. Right. That, that rocked the, the world. Right. That world. Right. Um, there's been this present conflict. Right of of war, yeah. In in Israel, that's kind of spilling, it's true. Over into, so to someone that's not called there, yeah. I go, why are you still there? Exactly, that's <laughs> true. Right, that's right. Um, that looks like a good place to be from. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
but not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to be a missionary. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know. They call me an expat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, we've had a lot of people ask us why you're still there. Sure. And and uh, and and some of them came from a concern and care, especially in October when the war started with Israel and immediately Lebanon. I would say Hezbollah in the south got involved in the war. Right. And they felt they wanted to uh, um, join in with, with the war in Gaza uh, because there was a lot of uncertainty. But knowing the nature of Lebanon and the Middle East, there's always something going on. Now, See, sometimes... There, there it is again. There's always something <laughs> going on. Now, sometimes, sometimes it's... And I wouldn't say minor because like the explosion that happened, that sure. took us... It took us literally about a week to really realize what happened. We were in such a, a cloud, if you would. Mm. You know, the destruction. The How widespread was that destruction? You you referred to it. Was it a well, third? One third of the city was destroyed. One third of the city. <laughs> and the explosion actually was on the seaside. Yes. And uh, so the, in Cyprus, they felt it. Really? Yes. And so if, if they were on the seaside and one third of it, so if it was in the middle, it would have destroyed the whole city. Uh, but uh, our church was about two miles away, and it was in the uh, devastating zone. Okay. And so there was yeah. there was a big destruction. It was actually the largest. They say it's the largest non-nuclear explosion in the world. And, wow. Uh, and so we we and you know, and this is something I think I think it has to do maybe with my ra- growing up with raising, because I grew up in Beirut and we had a civil war. We would be bombed at night. The next day we, we get up and clean the glass from broken windows and c- c- clean everything up and then get on the bus and go to school. <laughs> <laughs> and so it, was, it, it has become a way of life. Right. And, and, and sometimes we right. go through a couple of months of constant bombing and then it's over, we go back. So, and that's really in the Lebanese uh, culture. We've become right. resilient in a way right. to the events that takes place and just keep on going. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I mean, it's... it's uh, I, I, I kept saying, there was a while I kept saying, what would be next? <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, right. But in all of that, what really had helped us is the church. And I thank God that when you see God in the midst of chaos and, and destruction, that God is still working. You mm-hmm. know, and I thank God in, in the explosion, we didn't have one person that had scratch on it. We just had miracles and reports of miracles and how God's protected us in that. Okay. It gives you that strength. Wow. And in all of wow. it, the church strive. Um, and, and especially when the war started recently, and, and we knew that, that, and we still don't know. We're still in a turmoil. Oh, yeah, sure. But uh, we, it, the church felt that, and, uh, and uh, there was a lot of calls from government, from everybody to prep for war, prep for war, prep for, and it was like on everybody's mind. How, how do you prep for war? You know, we, yeah. we're as apostolic there. You know, we, we did buy foods and, Thanks to you all, and many of the other brethren helped us. We stored up food and water and diesel and gas and all of that. But I'll tell you how we prepped for war. We went on praying. Mm. We just start getting full of the Holy Ghost, keep our mind on it. And all of a sudden, our church like broke through in the spirit. And we had a wonderful uh, uh, moves of God throughout, throughout every week, leading to when we wow. left the Lebanon in December. It was a... Wow. Uh, and so the answer for chaos is a move of God. Hmm. That's a biblical idea, isn't it? Yeah. 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 
it's, it's you, because you, you know it's very easy to go into to fall into fear and and make yes. rash decisions. Yes. And I'll, I'll share that with you real quickly. It was in 2016 when ISIS broke into uh, a town called Arsal in northeast Lebanon. And at that time, they've already taken half of Syria, half of Iraq. And Lebanon was just a small town, a small country compared to... to, uh, And so there was a lot of fear that ISIS would come into Lebanon. Mm. And everybody was afraid. And I went into the room and and our family, because we had to make a decision, because I have have four kids and what we're going to do. And and we felt that, that we felt fear. Mm. And that's something normal. I mean, in the Middle East. So we went to pray and we were at home. We were praying in the room. And when we prayed, the Holy Ghost moved while we were praying. I opened my eyes and I look outside the window. And we have a hill outside of our balcony. And I saw that hill full of angels Mm. standing with their gear. and, And the Lord told me they have to go through that to get to you. Wow. You know what we did? We We just decided to stay and go through it and, yes. and ISIS was defeated <clears throat> and the church continued to grow so I, I always look back at that moment that if I've acted in fear where the church would hmm. be in Lebanon today where would oh, the work so in wild. Egypt and Iraq and in Cyprus would be today Yes. and so we have to deal with fear and trusting in God and pushing it aside as a, as a spirit Yes. And and just believe that God called us there and called us to continue and he's able to keep us. Yeah, that's not an insignificant fact. Um, you know, it, it, I'm, I was just looking for the scripture here. Yeah, in Revelation. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son, but the fearful, unbelieving, and he goes on liars, sorcerers, right. idolaters shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. That's right. The fearful, the fearful, fearful are included in that list. Yes, it's true. So I, I think first of all, it's important that we delineate between those that, that are afraid and those that are fearful. You yes. Can, you can have moments where you're afraid. Exactly. That's without normal. adopting a fearful mindset. Right. Right. Because fear is a very real part of that's right war right unrest right but yet you cannot adopt it you've got to understand that God that's right. is with you that's true. and is bringing you through that's true absolutely and I, I don't think we we really realize that as, as maybe the full weight of oh, I'm just afraid I'm afraid yeah you know we had to deal with that during COVID the first few weeks nobody knew right the full scope of what was going to take place. Fear became what they used to drive everything. Right, absolutely. Get people afraid and they'll do anything. That's true. And I think that's what happens when when when, when you become afraid and fearful. Yes. You come under the control yes. of, of every spirit, that's dominion, right. authority, power. That's right. That's true. And you know the devil knows that... The devil knows that he's not going to let you go and do something crazy. You're not going to go fall in sin. And so, but so what we what he uses, he uses fear to push you outside of the will of God. And this is when everything starts collapsing. Yes. And uh, um, and so we 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 have we have to recognize that, and and it applies on every aspect of life. Yep. So, you know, sometimes and it steals God's blessings from some people. Some sometimes God yes. moves on somebody to do something, give something, yes. and they're afraid of you know what if I do that. 
Yes. Well, this is really where where it it shifts from from uh, uh, stepping into another level with mm. God, right? Into the supernatural and and provision of God, protection right. of God, and so forth. Right. So um, I'd like to tap into this just briefly. <clears throat> um, while fully appreciating the fact that that you know the answer to chaos is a move of God, supernatural. Right. We also know that the supernatural and the natural work together. Right. And God only will do right. the things that we can't. Yes. Right? So it's, it's the classic rolling the stone away. Yeah. He'll raise the dead because that's outside of our scope. Yeah. But we still have to move the stone. That's right. Right. So true. You know, and it makes no sense if you're going to go to the bother of raising from the dead, just move the stone. That's right. But he's not going to do it. Yes. So I mean, we w- without our involvement, yes, we can have the supernatural raising someone from the dead that they'll starve to death if we so don't true. move the stone. So true. Our miracle dies. That's right. So in in the present um, culture that that is in Beirut, obviously, the church needs to have a move of God. That's the antidote for the chaos. Right. But there's also a very natural part to this yes. where there's just leadership. That's right. That God's not going to do that part. Yes. He called you to do that part. It's true. So how do you keep a church motivated? How yeah. do you keep them challenged? How do you keep them from slipping into, let's just survive? Yeah. Right, right. Because I think I heard you say there's always something going on. That's true. In Lebanon, well, then, in, in order for a church to a church, and this can be applicable to institutions outside the church. This right. can be applicable to business. Yeah. There's always another shoe to drop. There's always another. What's next? Yes, it's true. How do you keep <clears throat> that? church on focus from just slipping into a bunker and saying, okay, let's hold on till Jesus comes. That's true. Well, this is the thing. The world is always going to take its course, but the church also is going to take its course. So our focus in our church is mainly prayer, having fiery church, mm-hmm. having having moves of God, mm-hmm. uh, getting involved and in, in having the mentality of a soldier. If you're going to win the battle, you've got to fight. Yes. You know, God told Joshua, I gave you the promised land. Yes. You have to go get it. Yes. You have to go into the trenches. And you have to fight. You have to get the sword. Yes. So we've got to have the mentality that things are not going to be offered on silver platter. Right. Some people think, you know, like things are, well, things are going to be hard and difficult. But once you've made up your mind that you're going to uh, get through this mm-hmm. and that you're going to fight for what God has given you. Yep then you have a mindset and this is when really God comes and start pushing you. And when you sure. start seeing God working, sure. you it, it gives you faith, it builds your faith, it gives you encouragement to go through. And that's what's been happening in our church. We see God, I mean, in, a, in a, 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 an economic collapse, we have people in our church that they are being blessed by God. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, being right. faithful to their tithe and offering throughout the years. And now <coughs> everything is falling apart, but yet they're doing good. They're hiring people. And out of nowhere, God gives them business mm-hmm. and jobs. Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, 
but yet, you know, they have they have to get up every morning. They have to go to work. They have to pursue. They have, you know, right. And so uh, um, we are we're actually starting a, a building process in Lebanon with everything that's going on. We're applying for license to build and going through that. And, <laughs> and people had asked me, don't you want to hold off? Well, I said, you know, this is going to be a season. And and if my experience in Lebanon, the war is, you know, it might be five months, two months, a year. But after that, we're going to go forward. Right. And so uh, in the book of Acts, the church had to adapt to different, they had to adapt to persecution in Jerusalem. They had to, they had to move. And it was always a... A, an, a, a moving church, an adaptable church, if I yes. was. Yes. Things were not stable for them. And I don't think toward this end time that the church is going to be just n- in the norm or the comfort zone. Right. And so part of our, our vision is, you know, God God has souls want to save. God still want to build the church. And he's still on the throne. I mean, before, he's still in control. And there's so many angels that they are working there that if God opens our eyes, you know, mm-hmm. God yes, right, is, in, right. is in all of that. Right. So that 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 gives us, we have to have the mentality of, of a, a soldier, a fighter, that I'm going to fight for, for the truth, for the faith, and for our calling. But I'm, I'm also picking up that you're bringing vision to the table. It's true. It's you true. Know, so it's the supernatural, That's but right. it's also, we're going to build a building. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's quite a... That's quite a um, comparison contrast when you're going through a season yeah. that they're blowing up buildings. It's true. And you're, plan- building. And you're planning on building <laughs> <No> well. <laughs> well, it's not something that we wanted to do. But once we see that it's the will of God, then mm-hmm. we just put our foot on the pedal and just go forward. Right. And we've seen God gave us an amazing property. It was miracles that has taken place. And there has been miracles. Uh, we've raised one third of the amount that we need to build. Oh, and that wow. was a miraculous thing. And That's so, awesome. Uh, you know, if, if God is not stopping, I'm not going to stop. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. And, and Absolutely. We, we're going to do, do our part and God's going to do his part. Yes. And we need that. We need we need that that base in the Middle East where we're able to to bring our missionaries from different parts of the Middle East and training training place training school Bible school mm-hmm. um, um, and 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 because God started it we're going forward with it right right I th- I think that there is I've used this scripture before we've we've talked about it before um, where there is no vision the people perish it's true. Um, from the standpoint that I, I think the, the the biblical principle with this can often be confused with who do I credit this with? Somebody said this destination disease. Who said mm. this? Was that was that Oscus? <coughs> somebody that Could was just been. on somebody that Could was just been. on the Could have been. <clears throat> on our show. Yeah, I think said that. Destination disease. Yeah. So, a lot of times we confuse vision with arrival. That's true. Vision is not something that is fulfilled; it is something that keeps us alive while something is being fulfilled. Absolutely. So, where there is no vision, that's right. It, it's it's how many times throughout our life is is vision fulfilled? Not nearly as frequently as how many times it got me up in the morning, yeah, to fight. That's right. To push. It's true. So, 
the the presence of vision. Yeah. And that's what I see in what you're saying yeah. is that this the, the whether it's even realized or not, that's keeping the church alive too. Absolutely. Look Absolutely. what we're doing. Hundred percent. This is where we're going. Exactly. And and if 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 in those moments we focus on chaos and yeah. highlight warmongering right. and and what the next issue in Lebanon is gonna be. Right. You're never gonna build anything. Exactly. Exactly. That is so true. And then I and this is what we had to hold on, <coughs> excuse me, throughout the years. Is we've had we've had visions of people receiving the Holy Ghost. Uh, and we went through and when the first year we were there, we lost our building. And so we had we had to keep looking forward that at some point mm-hmm. Lebanon is going to have revival. At some point Lebanon is going to have growth. It's going to be a, a center of revival in the Middle East. And continually that's really what has kept us. And sure. I, if I look back in these 10 years after the explosion, <coughs> the economy collapsed, the banking system collapsed, uh, COVID, like everybody else yes. and all of that, yes. yet the church thrive through all of it Mm. and so when i see another situation coming this war i see another opportunity for the church to thrive yes because ultimately people need god see but that's that's a that's a visionary mindset when i see a war i see an opportunity Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just said that i see this war coming and i see an opportunity for the church to thrive yes (laughs) well You know, and it's not that you're sitting here wanting a war. No. But this is about how you respond exactly. to things you can't control. Exactly. It's so true. When October 7 happened, <clears throat> I prayed and I said, God, what shall we do? Mm. And in prayer felt like the Lord was impressing me that he wanted us to be first responders. Mm. And, and so our mentality was, you know what? If a war is going to come to our city, our church got to be mobilized. We've got to be ready. God's going to use us. Yes. And so uh, uh, it pushes us from place of being afraid and setting back and mm-hmm. making plans to run mm-hmm. into a place to getting ready. Right. And, and, uh, uh, and, and you know, that's, that's, been, that's been our... It's our, like the story in the Bible about Shama. That, yes. you know, he had this field that he wanted to, I mean, the, the enemy was coming to take his field, said, you know what, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die in my field. Yes. But I'm going to fight for what I have. Yes. And and this is what we feel like we have to fight for God's calling upon our lives. Yes. And, uh, yes. Uh, and I'd rather die fighting than live outside of the will of God. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, yes. uh, somebody said, you know, it was it, uh, like like Peter uh, he said, I'd rather, somebody said, like, I'd rather walk on water and fall than stay in the yeah, boat. Yeah, stay right. in the boat. <laughs> you know? Exactly right. So let me experience it. That's exactly right. <laughs> and, uh, Absolutely. But, but, you know, in all of that, deep down inside of us, we, we rest, number one, from the Word of God, number two, from our experiences with God, that He's faithful. Right. And He's going to keep what's committed to Him. Right. And ultimately, this is not our church. This is not our mission. It's God's. We're just yes. playing parts in it. Yes. Yes. And if you don't step up, God will find somebody because his purpose is going to continue. It's going to go forward. It's going to go forward. Wow. Man, this has been so good. Do you have a what, what excuse do we have in North America? Oh, oh Lord <laughs> of mercy. Yeah. The next time somebody, you must hear people in North America complain about, you know, situations and you're like... Persecution. Yeah. yeah. Has there been a building blown up on your block this week or have you lost a third of your city in the last few years? Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 
What an inspiration. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. It's and it's a testimony, number one, to what God can do and how mm-hmm. the kingdom of God can thrive. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But number two, it's also a testimony to right. your leadership and 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 your vision to lead the people of God yeah. through these chaotic times. Yes, sir. And so that is an inspiration. It is. Um, Absolutely. Where where can our audience um, go to connect with your ministry to support um, what you're doing? I'm assuming you have a website that they can connect with you with. Do you want to just give us... We do. Uh, of course, we're on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram, LinkedIn. Okay. Um, and so if you want to stay updated, we use that social media you know, mainly for our mission work. We, okay. keep, we keep people updated on what's happening. Also, we have a website. Uh, we, we post every now and then uh, yep. about the work there. It's called memissions.org. Okay. MiddleEastMissions.org. Yes. And, uh, and you can subscribe there and you can get our... Uh, updated list or update email emails list. Yep. And, um, so that would be mainly the the, the way. Um, if anybody wanted to support, partner with us, um, and God lays somebody on your heart to work in Iraq or Egypt or Lebanon or, or, or all of it, or the school, um, uh, the school is a great ministry in the Middle East. Yeah. Um, uh, they can go on our social media. There's links with Breeze. They can, they can okay. send offering there. And, yes. And they can do it online. Uh, the school has, has, we've seen several kids receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And some mm-hmm. of the teachers, because we, we had to hire local teachers by law, they also are, I mean, it's, it's if they have church every morning, kids are, are in, in the presence wow. of God. And it's been a great tool really to raise a generation because I'll tell you, there's a lot of schools in the Middle East that they're teaching hatred and violence, mm-hmm. but there's an apostolic school that's teaching God's <laughs> love and mercy and truth. That's awesome. And uh, we thank God for, for, for our school in Lebanon. Wow. Man, we would encourage you to, uh, if you're a pastor listening to us today and you you feel a connection with what you've heard here, this is a, a worthy mission. Mm-hmm. Um, Great people. There's a saying of God that's listening. Talk to your pastor about it and, and see if you can partner together with what God is doing in the Middle East. Man, thank, thank you. Thank you, Brother McKinney. Thank you for being here with us. It's my honor. It's, it's been a delight to have you in the studio. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not just zooming in. So. It was a privilege. Awesome. It's a joy. Thank you. God bless you today. God bless you. 